Web 2.0. Innovation. Trend. Collaboration. Software. Got the world turning as fast as it can? Hear how technology can help, legally speaking, with two of the top legal technology experts, authors, and lawyers, Dennis Kennedy and Tom Mile. Welcome to the Kennedy Mile Report here on the Legal Talk Network. And welcome to episode 36 of the Kennedy Mile Report, brought to you by our great sponsor, Clio, and its suite of online law practice management tools. I'm Dennis Kennedy in St. Louis. And I'm Tom Mile in Dallas. Tom, in the last episode, we talked about better ways to listen to podcasts and how listeners really will want to subscribe to this podcast through iTunes if they don't already. This week, we wanted to explore whether one of the bedrock principles of using the Internet still makes sense in the world of social media. Want to tell them what's on tap for this episode? Absolutely, Dennis. In this episode of the Kennedy Mall Report, we will explore the notion of the sightless web presence and whether you can sustain a law practice presence on the Internet without a website these days. In our second segment, we'll continue that theme by discussing Facebook fan pages. And as usual, we'll end up with our parting shots, that one tip, website or observation that you can begin to use as soon as this podcast is over. On to our main topic, what some are now calling the sightless web. Um, The conventional wisdom, I think, has long been that your website or your blog, if that's what you have, should be at the core of your web presence. Today, your presence is probably likely to be a little bit more of that, probably LinkedIn, Facebook, uh, other social media accounts, and probably another variety of places where people can find you. Is Dennis, is this expansion of the presence uh, changing the common wisdom and, and bringing us what, what we've been kind of calling the sightless web? I think that's it's really we've really reached a point where it does make sense to to question that con- conventional wisdom, and uh, just so our listeners know, when we're talking about sightless, it's S I T E L E S S, as right. in websiteless, um, and so that that conventional wisdom probably for the last fifteen years is is the website is the core of your presence, and all the things that you do on the web should drive to that website where you have the most control of your message and and if you're selling things or selling services that's where you want to go cuz that's where the key in information is. In fact, I just uh, got the new issue of law the ABA's law practice today webzine today and there's an article actually a very good article by Anthony Green called Is Web 2.0 Getting Out of Hand and where he emphasizes the need to go back to the web 1.0 basics, like having your website, making sure it shows up well in the search mm-hmm, engines, right. and, and and things like that. And so, uh, I think that that just to establish that really is the conventional wisdom. But I also think that when I look at what I do, I'm I have many places that people find me on the internet probably many different audiences and the webs my website has become less important as i think about my overall web presence um and and there's certainly been an evolution i think away from, uh, for a lot of people who have blogs they start to see the blog rather than their website as as their main presence i don't know about you time i i sometimes think of you as just having a blog i'm not really sure there is a tom mile website these days is there 
Well, no, there's the Tom Mile blog, and 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 that's probably not as good of a web presence as as I would like it to be, and and what it will ultimately become when I get around to doing it. But I, I think that you have to you have to take a step back and look at who you are and what you're doing. I think that. For Dennis Kennedy, uh, working as in-house counsel uh, without having to market a practice or, uh, or or bring in clients or things like that, I think that that is what works absolutely for you, the way that you have chosen to engage with the community and getting away from the sightless presence. I think that depending on the type of practice you have, it, uh, it, it varies. You know, lawyers in big firms don't really have a choice about the, about the, uh, a sightless presence. They, they are, are tied to their law firm's website. I think that solo and small firm lawyers have a much, uh, much more flexibility when it comes to whether or not they're going to uh, do something that's sightless or not. And I think that in the past couple of years, a blog has been a good option to a website, uh, even though that's still the center of the pre- of your presence, uh, primarily because a blog is so much easier to maintain. A, a website is, is difficult to maintain, although there are tools that are making even that easier. But in general, a, a blog is much easier to set up and to regularly update. And I think you'll find that most people say that, uh, that the blog is really... People's central presence now, but you know, I, I I tend to agree with Chris Brogan, uh, who I follow quite a bit and read his book Trust Agents when he has what he calls his simple presence framework, which centers around the uh, the idea of the home base. He, he likes the idea of the home base because it is the central point and it has a number of different goals um, to tell potential clients what what you can do for them, to give the basics of your practice, uh, where you're located, the particulars of your business. It can't be generic, though. It needs to reflect your personality. Um, and whether it's a blog or a website depends on what you have, both the time and, and ability to maintain. Uh, do you how do you feel, Dennis? I know that you're kind of getting away from this central presence, but what do you think about Chris's idea of the home base? Well, I, I think the home base is is a great idea, and, and that's where I think the sightless uh, web notion starts to fit in, because you say, well, what is that home base? Could it actually be my Twitter account? Could it be a Facebook page? Um, is it something different? I mean, as I go back and I look at how I, you know, evolve my internet presence and how I think about it, um, I, I think early on before the web, if you're doing bios, you put your email address and, and maybe even after you had a web page that that was sort of the way that you identified yourself to the world and how you wanted people to find you through the internet. Then I think probably from the, you know, definitely mid to late nineties and, and beyond, the website just became the core of your presence. And I just think if you think back and you say, if I'm doing my bio, a short bio. What am I putting in there to, you know, for people to find me on the internet? And it's always going to be your website. And I would say a few years ago, I don't know, maybe four years ago or so, um, if I went back and looked at my bios, I dropped the main URL for, for my website, the homepage, and just put my blog as uh, my blog URL in my bios as the way for people to find me. And I, and you allude to some of that, and there is that home base notion, but I think it's, um, it's where you feel that you're speaking to people and where you're, you're 
actually, uh, you know, updating content on a regular basis, doing that. Then I would say that, I mean, I'm really unusual in this way, but then I, I also start to feel that if you really want to know where I'm at or have been at for a few years, where I think I am, it's my RSS feed for my blog. Um, and that's been the case for a while. And then in the last year or so, I see that it's, I, that's, that's a lot of what I'm doing. The blog is a lot of what I'm doing, but I think, you know, the Twitter accounts are important. Um, and potentially Facebook. So it, it really is an evolving sense of how you want people to find you. And then sort of the wild card in all of this, in because a lot of ways people find you is through Google. And so the Google, how you show up in Google also becomes part of this whole notion of web presence. I mean, Tom, what's your thought process both over the years and, and today about, about your own web presence? Well, you know, what, what you talk about, about being having more of a presence on Twitter or Facebook really speaks to the second part of, of Chris Brogan's presence framework, which actually is, to a certain extent, the way that I've evolved over the past couple of years, which is the idea of the outpost, that you set up outposts at different sites, that uh, and an outpost has a couple of different... Uh, purposes. The first purpose is obviously to interact with the people that are there, to join in the community, to become part of the community. But it's also the purpose is to to gently, as Chris Brogan calls it, gently guide people back to your home base, get people to come back because you've got articles, you've got speeches, you've got a body of work that you can't display on Twitter. You can't really link to very well on Facebook. You have to have a place to put that where people can see that information. If 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 you're a lawyer and you want to show them the articles that you've written, uh, the speeches you've given, the successes you've had as an attorney, uh, you're, you're not going to do that. You're not going to be able to store that on Twitter and you're not going to point that to the individuals. You're going to want people to come back to the place where, uh, uh, where it can all be stored and curated and maintained under your control. So I guess I'm kind of a purist here. I think that uh, that keeping that home base, but making very good use of your outposts to develop the people that you're talking to uh, and, uh, and, and get them to come back to your home base is really important. Although when I read the article on law practice today, uh, this month, I, I see that that the, the author is, is really uh, interested in making sure that, that lawyers understand uh, the idea of the home base and making sure that your web presence is important and 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 to keep away from these outposts and I know you're not keep away but to at least um, watch out for how much time you're spending on them because you may be neglecting more basic marketing uh, is am I wrong about this it seems like it seems like uh, we may be in getting away from the idea of the centered web presence we may be neglecting uh, some marketing that could uh, really be helping us as lawyers. Well, I, I think there's an, a notion of control that's always been present in when you think about about websites and and probably you I mean if you do a quick search on the sightless web, you'll come up with a, a an often cited quote from from uh, our article from I guess it's a blog post from Paul Gillen. 
And sort of the, the, the money quote from it, for me, as he says, the internet is increasingly not about sites, but about content and people. And content and people really, you know, is, I think, about conversation and a lot of the ideas that uh, that come up in, in, in the area of social media. I think when you talk about website, you're thinking like, oh, not just that you're curating information, not that you're giving people information, but a lot of times you, you're exerting a lot of control and you're trying to to drive traffic in certain ways. So, I, I think the, the newer approach is, is that you're sort of... You're letting the audience find what they want and making it easier for them to find. And we can go back to, I have a notion that's sort of like the home base, but I, I think in terms of personal portal where I want to come up with, there might be one place, you know, I've, you know, obviously if you have a website or a blog, you're going to do this. But I think that you're looking for sort of the best ways to get to audiences. And so, Tom, when you look at what we do, I mean, the the podcast has has a page or it has a couple of pages our book has has a, has a blog i mean we're using different approaches and you're also and you're looking for ways to say whether it's my website my blog or some combination of things i want to use it as a portal to so that people can find the other aspects of 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 what i'm doing and so i think that Social media, because um, it makes it easier for you to put different types of content in different places and that sense of uh, conversation as opposed to the control that you typically exert uh, from a website is is changing the, the notion for me about how I approach the web and whether I want to exert that much control and to put so much effort in one place where I know that people are finding my content in a lot of different ways. But but, but when you when you argue for the idea of the personal portal, I think that that idea is sound because you're essentially creating a, a portal that links to the content that you have created on other sites. But you've created your home base, essentially. Uh, that's what I'd argue anyway, is that you have the one place where everybody can get to it. Now, you may have created different presences for different audiences. You know, I want my folks on LinkedIn to see my professional side. I want my friends on Facebook to see my personal side and the stuff that I'm interested in doing on my time off. Um, and so maybe I've created those presences for different audiences, but a portal would link all those together, uh, arguably, and, and have the people that visit there learn more about you and find areas that they may not have known about in, uh, in visiting one of the other presences. Now, whether that's something that's advantageous or not for the type of work you want to get or how you want to market your practice, I, you know, that's, that's something you'd have to consider. But I think still that it'll come down. I think it still comes down to the idea of having some type of home base. We're about ready to wrap up time on this, Dennis. How about a few last words on the subject? Well, I, I, I think the, the, uh, I go back to when I, when I really focused on the audience that was coming to, to my website. And even with the central website, I could see people coming in in, you know, four or five very different ways. And so I think, I think I really like this notion of different presences for the different audiences you have. Obviously, you want to focus always on you know, what you're trying to accomplish, where your audience is. And I, th I think this notion of the sightless web presence and maybe breaking away 
away from a, you know like a one very highly controlled drive everything to the website type of approach is really fascinating these days and and I just keep coming back to Facebook and 500 million face Facebook users so yeah, no kidding. don't I have to have some kind of Facebook presence even if I have a website and um, if the audience is there don't I have to figure out ways to get in front of them and that's what I think is 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 really fascinating about the sightless presence as well as the way it's going to involve RSS and other feeds to bring information to people. Well, on that, we definitely agree. Before we move to our next segment, let's take a quick break with a few words from the Legal Talk Network and our amazing sponsor, Clio. Imagine how much easier managing your practice would be if your practice management software was web-based. Your practice would be available anywhere you have an internet connection, completely secure, backed up continuously, and most importantly, easy to use, allowing you to spend your valuable time building your practice instead of managing technology. Start simplifying your practice today with Clio. Sign up for a free, fully functional 30-day trial at www.goclio.com. Use promotional code KMR for a 25% discount. Engage your brain. Keep up with the fast pace of the legal profession. Go to LegalTalkNetwork.com and listen to all of our great legal podcasts. They're free. Interested in having a show on Legal Talk Network? We'd like to talk to you about building your firm's marketing strategy with legal podcasts. Give us a call at 781-551-9960. That's LegalTalkNetwork.com. And welcome back to the Kennedy Mile Report. I'm Tom Mile. And I'm Dennis Kennedy. It's time for another edition of Things We've Been Talking About. And lately, we've been talking about whether to create a Facebook fan page for the podcast. Tom, I think a couple of episodes ago, we were talking about whether to create an iPhone app. And I think the result of our, that conversation was that I became more interested in in uh, creating a Facebook presence for the <laughs> for the podcast. And and I think it's good to, to kind of bat around this idea as we have kind of in front of the audience to say, hey, we have something that's a podcast that's sort of separate from us personally that might benefit from having its own presence. And so, what would that look like in in, uh, in Facebook? Tom, you want to start us out on, uh, on what we've been talking about along those lines? Well, you know, I've been actually thinking about this for a long time. And, and frankly, to lead back to our prior conversation, it's it's certainly an example of one of the outposts that can lead you back to a home base. Uh, in this case, whether that home base is the, the Legal Talk Network site or the Show Notes Wiki or our own websites, uh, a Facebook fan page is a is a good way to do it. And from a practical perspective, it's pretty easy to set up a fan page. You just log into your Facebook account and actually and go to facebook.com slash pages. You have to choose whether to create an official page for your business or, or a community page to generate that those community pages generate support for topics or causes or things like that. Um, once you've named your page, it's pretty much set up. You just have to add images, give background information, and then you start promoting it to friends or others and hoping that your friends on Facebook will like your page and, and by doing so that their friends will, will do the same. I've wanted to do it for a while and I couldn't really decide whether to do it on Facebook or LinkedIn or both. I guess we could do both. 
I wanted I wanted to have a place where we could have a real conversation with our audience, but I've never really found the right medium for it. We tried a Google Wave experiment for a while, which I wouldn't call a failure, but it was not well attended. And uh, I guess you could call it a failure to the extent that Google Wave's going away as of the end of this year. Um, but a fan page or LinkedIn group really allows you to share show links. It lets us share other information and it lets our audience respond directly to us and we can actually have a, a conversation. It, Dennis, is your thinking on how to go about doing this the same as me or do you have a different idea for the fan page? Well, I mean, I have, I sort of have a question for you because as I look at this, I, and, and we're a great example of what people are going to run into. So there's one thing to say, hey, I already have a Facebook presence and I want to create a fan page for my business and make that part of my account. And there's people have all these questions about whether you can have more than one uh, Facebook account. I mean, technically, you're not supposed to have more than one personal Facebook account. I mean, a lot of people have more than that, but, you know, read the terms of use. And then I can't, so I can't decide whether uh, we have the interesting question. So, Tom, if you create the fan page for the podcast, is it your? Is it yours, or do we create it under my name, or do we create, uh, you know, a separate Facebook business uh, identity for the podcast and create a, a business fan page uh, and do it specifically as a fan page or as a personal page? So I, I mean, that that's sort of one of the practical things that that I think about as as I look at that. So I, I don't know what you're what you're thinking about that because I'm because that's definitely uh, something anybody who's doing a group project is going to run into. Well, and and that's another good thing to do for, for, for Facebook pages, although, frankly, Facebook has got its own group pages that you can set up if people are, are doing projects or things like that. I I've, have been, in looking over the Facebook site, questioned that also. And, and what I would be inclined to do is to have a page that, that both you and I could access. And I think that if I set that up under my own account as something of my own, then I'm not sure that I could give, give you access to it. Whereas if we set it up as a business or as some endeavor as an official page, then it might be that more than one person can get access to that. Now, frankly, I haven't gone down that road, so I, I really don't know the answer. And I'm not sure, Dennis, if you know the answer to it. But I think it's important, frankly, to have both of us be able to get in and, and have conversations and talk to people. I know I've, I've seen um, uh, Denise Howell's page, her, her fan page for the This Week in Law, and she posts the links to the shows and she posts the links to articles that are important and their conversations, but it's really just her who's manning that. I'm not sure who, uh, I'm not sure how it would work between the two of us. And, 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 but I tell you, it's something that I'm definitely interested in looking into. Yeah. And I, I think that that's, and that's what we're interested in. I mean, I think probably first and foremost for me is, uh, you know, to experiment with Facebook because this is just a great project to experiment with Facebook. The second thing is that we've really not hit on a way, and this is, this is, partially the case of having a kind of scattered web presence, but we've really not figured out a good way to generate a way for our audience to send in questions so we can do a regular Q&A segment on, on the podcast. And it seems like a Facebook fan page 
may be a really great solution to that. And then I also think it's a, a great example of, uh, you know, like the little portal we can do, whereas part of the podcast site, we can link, you know, to our book site, our personal sites and other stuff that we're doing um, in a really easy way for an audience that self-selects to be, you know, a fan of the podcast. So um, I just think it's really attractive. And, and as you know, when we looked at the iPhone app, which I was originally really attracted to, but it's a it's really a daunting project. I think that uh, I'm willing to predict we're going to see a, a, a fan page for the podcast once you and I get some spare time and and work a work a few things out. Um, Tom, you got a final thought on this one? Well, you know, just as you ended the last segment by reminding everyone that Facebook has 500 million users, <laughs> it's hard to argue against numbers like that when you want to create a, fa a fan page on Facebook. I, I, I've been intrigued about doing it on LinkedIn, but what's kept me away from it to some extent is that I've, I've looked at some of the other groups and uh, I noticed that groups can get taken over by vendors and get taken over by people who are uh, promoting. And although I think you can control it, I don't really want to have to uh, to, to do something like that. And so I, I like this idea. I, with, with Facebook, it seems like it's a little bit more intimate, a little bit more personal uh, than than it would be on LinkedIn. And so I really think that uh, that doing that is a uh, is a great idea. And as you said, as soon as we have some some breathing room, uh, we'll get around to it. Well, now it's time for our parting shots. That one tip web website or observation you can use the second this podcast ends. Tom, take it away. All right. I'm cheating today. I'm going to do three quick tips and they're all about Google. But they're things that Google has introduced in the past couple of weeks that I think are really interesting uh, tools if you use their products. First of all, Gmail. Uh, if you use Gmail for email, you can now drag and drop attachments both into and out of Gmail. You can, If you get a, an attachment in a Gmail, you can now grab it and drag it to your desktop or drag it into a folder. And likewise, you don't have to click attach file. You can just drag it from a folder straight into email and it will uh, it will take it. Uh, the next thing is with Google Docs. Google Docs uh, allows you now to convert files that you've uploaded. You can upload files in PDF format and other formats and you can convert them to Google Docs format from within Google Docs and it will OCR. It will it look at the uh, letters and try to recognize the characters and uh, a very useful new tool to get more documents into Google Docs. And finally, Google... Uh, all, all, Although I love Google, they know a lot about you and they know a lot about your social circle. And we'll post this link in the show notes. And if you click this link, what it does is it takes all of the contacts that you have in your Google contacts and shows you how you're connected with them, whether you're sharing pictures with them on Picasa, whether they're, you're sharing links and stories with them on Google Reader, but which Google services you happen to be using that they also are using and, and how you're connected to them that way. A scary but very interesting tool to use. Dennis. That is an eye opener. That last one, the social circle thing. I, um, I'm really glad you sent me that link. And uh, I guess you posted the link to the world, but I, I've enjoyed uh, taking a look at that. Um, I'm going to uh, point to one of our sister podcasts on the Legal Talk Network, the Legal Toolkit podcast. Recent episode is called The Use of SaaS in the Legal Field, that software as a service. Uh, also, you can think of that as cloud computing. It's a great overview 
interview with Larry Port on cloud computing, software as a service, probably as good as I've heard um, as a a standard introduction for lawyers about cloud computing. And uh, and Larry also generously mentions uh, our sponsor, Clio, as as one of the the group of of companies that are really kind of pioneering cloud applications in, in the legal space. And Tom, you tripled up, so I want to do an embedded uh, <laughs> part, parting shot. So within that that podcast, there's a great recommendation that to try to tour a data center, if you can, um, if you're thinking about software as a service or cloud computing. And it is... It, it's really fascinating to see a data center and what goes on there. And if you're if you're thinking about investing in cloud computing or moving that direction or trying to make a decision, if it's possible to tour an actual data center, um, I think it's going to completely change your perspective. First, you're going to find out how hard it is for you to get in and get a tour uh, primarily. But I think you'll uh, be able to see what's going on there in terms of security, redundancy, all the other things that are coming on. And then I think if you take that tour and go back and look at where your servers are located in your office or in the cl- in a closet in your office or in your home and think of what's going on at a data center, I think that's going to change your perspective on cloud computing. You still have a lot of homework to do, a lot of due diligence, but I think as a visual exercise, and there are also some videos out on the internet to, to give you that a video tour of a, a data center, I think it will really help you understand what's going on with cloud computing. I agree. That was a great podcast. And if you want to listen to it and all the other great Legal Talk Network podcasts that have to do with legal technology and other subjects as well, but mostly technology, there's actually one podcast feed we did talk about in the last episode that you can subscribe to so that all of those podcasts come directly to you. So that wraps it up for this edition of the Kennedy Mile Report. Links to the topics we discussed today, as well as how to follow us on our blogs or on Twitter, will be available on our show notes wiki, which is located at tkmreport.com. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to our podcast at the Legal Talk Network site or in iTunes. And if you have questions or suggestions for upcoming topics, please email us at tkmreport at gmail.com. So until the next podcast, I'm Tom Mile. And I'm Dennis Kennedy, and you've been listening to the Kennedy Mile Report on the Legal Talk Network, the premier online legal media network. Remember that you can now go sightless on the web, but you don't want to go anywhere without subscribing to this podcast. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thanks for listening to the Kennedy Mile Report. Check out Dennis and Tom's book, The Lawyer's Guide to Collaboration Tools and Technologies, Smart Ways to Work Together, from ABA Books or Amazon. And join us every other week for another edition of the Kennedy Mile Report, only on the Legal Talk Network.